This episode of Gareth Jones on Speed is brought to you by Sutil Champagne. The only champagne that guarantees you heavy bleeding from the neck. Ow! Sorry. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth. He's Zog. Hello. And this is the man who has no name. I'm not going to give you a name on this programme. Because you've spent, what, a long weekend driving one of the loveliest cars you could hope for, you big sod. (laughs) Charming. And I've always liked the Ford car. And I'm deeply envious that you've driven around in the Ford car. I think it's an underrated small car. Great use of the Fiat Panda component set. Oh, no, hang on a moment. It wasn't the Ford car that you've been driving around in that was bothering me. It was that big Aston Martin, you big sod. Yeah, that's, Which one that's was it? true. I had an Aston Martin V12 Vantage. Hang so on, the... let's just pause a minute. Yeah, that, yeah. That's enough. An Aston Martin V12 Vantage. And I've just been looking at pictures of it, and crikey, it's orange. It really was orange. <laughs> More orangey than the Sniff Petrol website? Well, yeah, I've never quite achieved a pearlescent effect on Sniff Petrol. <laughs> and this is what this Aston had. It had a very nice sort of depth to, but fundamentally that didn't in any way diminish the sheer brightness of the colour and part of me thinks I'm always slightly embarrassed because a car like that is a bit showy-offy anyway oh yeah and then you have it in a showy-offy colour does that make it worse or does that just sort of embrace the showy-offiness and go look I could have had it in grey or black but (laughs) well for goodness sake it makes a right old noise and it has a certain sort of presence to it yeah the right guy to ask were you relaxed with it Uh, initially I was a little uncomfortable and then very quickly realised that people liked that car for reasons that I can't quite explain fully. It I mean, it does you, look fantastic. Well, it does you know. look fantastic. Yeah. And the reaction you just got from people in other cars, cab drivers particularly, seem to really like it. And they can be pretty uncompromising on mm. the road and cut people up and all sorts. Did and, they let you in? Yeah, and it was my fault as well. I'd sort of stupidly got into the wrong lane and got behind someone who was trying to do a right turn around St John's Wood. And normally you then say, oh, I'll put the left indicator on, please, somebody let me through before the light turns red again. And I've done it myself. Go, no, you've made a tactical error there. You should have the car ahead was indicating and, and that's exactly what away. I do I'm, I'm yeah. sniffy and, and I yeah, and I'm like no you didn't think ahead you're an idiot but you know I was in the car with a mate and we were talking and I wasn't paying full attention to the fact that the guy in front at the last minute put his indicator on idiot <laughs> and so I sort of still blame him but what happened was I thought oh, I'll try and move out I'll try and move out please let me out please let me out black mm. cab driver not only sort of let me go but gave me a big smile and a big thumbs up and let me in wow. so you like the car you've had some positive prejudice well uh, a man outside a newsagent chaining up his bicycle shouted the most extraordinary time I want to have swear your... words. Oh, really? But, no, no, but brilliant swear words, where basically oh. he normal so endorsement of the car wasn't This wasn't abuse. This wasn't he abuse. Had, no, he had this to was... pepper it with the F-bomb, mainly, <laughs> just to express how much he liked my effing awesome car. Oh. That's effing cool, mate. Effing well, nice There one. we have it. There's and the, so it was incredible. Mm. And I suppose there's a tipping point, isn't there? If you go to this gorgeous pearlescent orange on such a wonderful car, you know, it's gone beyond silver. It's gone beyond Ferrari red. It's making a very positive statement, like you say, embracing the visibility well, yeah, of the I car. I think that's it. I think that must be it. Yeah. That people just go, look, you've got a flash car, 
and you're not embarrassed about it. Uh, fair play, which is odd. It's never going to blend into the background, is it? Yet? No, it's, it's not. Gonna, exactly. It's yeah. quite noisy, yeah. and it is quite dramatic looking because compared to the V8 Vantage, which is the smallest Aston, they've put different sills on it, and it's got a front splitter, and it's got bigger wheels, and it has these carbon fibre vents in the bonnet and carbon fibre side strakes on the, the little gills in the wings. It's got a heck of a mm. crease down the side. Yeah, well, they all have that, but I think it just... The orange really showed it up, Everything, maybe. yeah, and everything, it sort of looks lower to the road. I mean, it, it is actually mm. quite a low car. There's not much ground clearance on it, and speed bumps are interesting. But, um, <laughs> Awkward! Yeah, that's only when you're in London, really. I took it out into Wales, and it was absolutely magnificent. Wouldn't Since you're on Wales. speed bumps, what speed could you go over the average London speed bump in? Don't know, I was too busy wincing. Without it slamming down at the front? I, I, would, my route. I, find it's, I just it's picked my route, and I knew that I would always take main roads, even if it would take longer. None of the rat runs, none of the little things, because some of the speed bumps, you know there's rules about how tall speed but it's supposed to be councils in London don't give a flying monkeys about that and loads of them are not within code and sometimes you'll see someone will complain enough they'll put a little sort of sub tarmac ramp just in front of it a little sort of uh, entry ramp because they're so huge and I, I couldn't go over any of those so I just chose main roads but there are yeah. some places where it's almost unavoidable you're going to hit what they call speed cushions yeah, yeah. And with a lot of cars, you straddle them. And if you've got a wide enough track on a car, your wheels slip either side. But with the Aston, that would also then make your front splitter yeah. smack into yeah. them. So, so, you, so you, you have to go with one wheel. One wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. And the big yeah. speed bumps, the back of the BBC and the way into the car park, which are those ones where they're so big, they've essentially got like a sort of pavement across the top. And you just attack those at an angle, hmm. I discovered was the best technique, just to minimise that chance of a... <laughs> noise which oh, what goes was through the, you because it's a carbon fibre splitter front there. Oh, expensive. Mm, what was yeah. the Aston with the V12 engine based on the DB7? Was that the DB9? Or what no, was it's that? a DB7 V12. DB7 V12. I've driven one of those yeah. around where I live here in North London and we are exactly as you said, speed bump to hell and it was horrible. Rob, the guy who had the car, every time I went everyone went, no, no, there's an awful lot of mass at the front. The mm. big Walkinshaw engine is fighting Walkinshaw? Uh, the V12, it's a development of Walkinshaw's two Mondeo engines. Yeah, it wasn't really Walkinshaw, that was Ford in the it? US, who did it for, I think, a concept car called the Indigo. Yes. And they welded well. two V6s Johnny together. Herbert drove it. Johnny Herbert drove it? Yeah, drove the Indigo, yeah. Oh, yeah. did he? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, 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 so no, it's a two Ford. I mean, it's not. You know, it's one of those things where people say that, and you couldn't... Yeah. If you actually welded two V6s together, it wouldn't quite work. I think work it might have a weird sort of harmony thing going on there. Yeah. Although, I was talking the other day to someone, do you remember a car called the Cisetta V16T? Cisetta, yeah. isn't it? Cisetta. Cisetta Moroda. Exactly, with Giorgio Moroda. Giorgio Moroda paid for mm. it out of the money from Electric Dreams, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or soundtrack yeah. to. Well, one of the soundtrack, soundtrack to Never Ending uh, Story, was it? No. Um, what was it? Uh, didn't you Midnight, Midnight Express? No, that was. Or was that. That was Tangerine Dream? No, Anyway, back to cars. I had a transverse V16 engine, but it was effectively two V8s stuck mm. together because the uh, gearbox came off the engine longitudinally yeah. in the middle of the crank. So it was really just two V8s stuck together. I've never heard one running, but I bet it sounded weird. Yeah. Brilliant. And what weird. kind of, you know, engineering 
bravura is that to sort yeah. of to have you know the gearbox in the middle of the two engines? I know what? it's madness. I think it's because Mr. Chisetta went to Giorgio Moreno. What would you like to do? And he went, oh, I don't know. Can we do like two V8 stuff together with the gearbox coming off the middle? And they go, Yeah, of course. It's only later. He went, Hang on a minute. That's <laughs> he's a work. synthesizer-based Same. musician, <laughs> producer. He doesn't know anything about engineering. He just got a lot of money off Donna Summer for something. <laughs> anyway, the Aston on the other hand, what, what sound noise, did it make? Makes the most fantastic sound. Can you do an impression of it? I'll do an impression of when he started up. Yeah. Bam! Oh! I like that. That wasn't a very good impression, but Auto you get clip. the idea. Just yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's one of those ones where clearly it's programmed in to do that. It's to, another to reason why it's a very showy, offy car. Yeah, and then it rumbles along. It makes a lot of noise. It makes a terrific noise at high revs. But what is odd about it is at low revs, it quietens down. But also, the one of the things with the V8 Vantage is that it doesn't have a lot of torque, even when they took the engine out to 4.7 from the original 4.3 just wasn't a particularly talky engine needed a lot of revs made a lot of noise and seemingly didn't do as much as the noise suggested it was supposed to be doing still a quick car but not super quick the V12 is mind-meltingly quick car it's just so I don't think I ever used full throttle in it completely because that's just insane mm. I really nailed it away from the toll bridge on the 7 crossing just because it was the sort of first chance I thought oh, you know I'll give this a bit of and a mate of mine was in the car with me was reduced to sort of flailing his arms in front of him as the sort of the G, he was he was grabbing for an invisible rail on the dashboard to hold himself forward as he was being pushed back mashed into the seat. Into the seat. Yeah. It's that kind of car, really, just extraordinary performance. But the thing about it that sets it apart from the V8 is you can whack it into fourth at like ten miles an hour. You can get into mm. sixth at like twenty, and it would just slowly build. It's that sort of V12. It's a unique quality of every V12 I've ever experienced has that they are really, really gutsy, talky engines mm. and they just have that seamless pull and they never feel like they're sort of, oh, it's all shaking on its mountings, it's mm. constantly happy to be just lugging like a train mm. Flappy paddles? Nope, manual sir, six speed Get out! Nice mm. box on it The reason that I was lent this car by Aston Martin is because I wrote something rude about Aston Martin in Evo a couple That's, of times. I must give that a try sometimes I know. I hate all Bentleys oh. Oh. You know, Just go into pubs and go ah, oh, your beer's all horrid and smells of poo until they <laughs> have some Free ale, Mr. Porter. Free ale, some crisps. Mm. It doesn't work like that, I think. Sure. But we could try yeah, it sometime. It really hate old lanchers. I can't stand Bentleys or anything made by Lotus. Oh, they're terrible cars. You know what Is I hate? What? I absolutely hate a couple of weeks in Barbados. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. What do you probably. hate, Dog? Something to do with Scarlett Johansson? I'm not very keen on Kira Knightley, actually. It's, no, okay. uh, 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 yeah. I hope the Kira Knightley press office doesn't try to lend you a Kira Knightley. No. <laughs> oh, hang on. Kira Knightley. Sorry, I, I was thinking. Why was I thinking of the Ford Focus? I don't know. <laughs> so, um, I also compared a, a very beautiful actress to a sort of fairly ordinary hatchback. That's a bit rude. I'm offended on Kira's behalf. As well, you should be. No, don't, because you hate her. Remember? That's true. Yes, yes. yes. Um, did you have her permanently, or did you have her on Lindsay Lohan? Uh, Thank you. Don't so, <laughs> where were we? Are you oh, were driving a big uh, orange across Wales. Yes. So, sold. just to wrap this up, it's a fabulous car but the things that were interesting about it, first of all it was sort of actually I don't think you'd have one as your everyday car because if you lived in a city the speed bumps and things would grind you down and literally grind your front spoiler of expensiveness down but <laughs> it's, made out of it's amazing how easy it was to live with even with the manual box quite a heavy clutch on it but a lovely smooth gear change on it and you could just sort of short shift it around the city changing up at almost no revs and it would just pull and it was happy and 
it was loved seemingly by all who saw it, oh. which was nice and was surprising. And even to the point, it's got me a weird internet stalker because <laughs> a friend of mine, I don't know what he was what? doing, reading the Aston Martin section on um, Pistonhead's website, but he sent me a link just today when the car went back and said, there's no hiding place. And somebody had spotted the Aston parked outside my flat last night and said... Mm to whoever it is that's got this car and given sort of half the reg number, said bright orange V12 Vantage, hmm. parked and sort of named my street and said, good choice. And then somebody else correctly clocked it as the current Aston Martin press car. That's yeah. it, yeah. And sort of led to a bit of discussion. But I was like, oh, my God, people can't ignore that car. And it was parked outside last night, and I had the blinds open on the living room a little bit, and the number of people I saw stopping and having a look at it. Hmm. And a mother, we came out, we were just going out, and there was a little boy doing what a lot of little boys did when they saw that. That car, which is sort of stopping and yanking on their mother's hand to stop, stop, oh, I want to look at it more. And she was pulling him away and she was going, but then you would have to insure it in case you had a crash and that would be very expensive as well. And sort of trying to put a down on the fact that this poor kid is probably like all of six or seven. Fall in love. Fall in love with that car and it's amazing. Yeah. You think, of course, but I did that when I was a kid and that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And you realise, and this is my final Jerry Springer style concluding remark, that it was a wonderful car. It is, as far as I'm concerned, the best as a driver's car that Aston Martin made. It's incredible. The grip, the brakes, the noise, the power performance. It is spot on almost. Rides a little bit firm, but the handling is incredible, so we'll give it that. Otherwise, couldn't fault it. I thought it was terrific to drive. But more than that, cars like that, and particularly in bright colours like that, I think enrich our world. And yes. anyone who has even yep. an inch of interest in cars sees them and it makes you a bit happy because they're a rarity they're special I got this sense that people were actually quite happy to see that car and, and by extension happy for me even though of course it's not my bloody car and I can't afford a car like that but to feel even for a moment part of that world that mm. you were bringing a little moment of excitement to small children and making men chaining up their bicycles outside news agents develop Tourette's and shout at you with excitement <laughs> was wonderful I think it makes the world a better place and let's celebrate cars like that because there's not Absolutely. that many Amen. well this Amen. is the right place for Amen. that Amen brothers but can I ask a question how many gallons to the mile he uh, said carefully I, I zeroed the computer when I got it and I had it f for five days a whole mix of driving in London load of motorway load of A and B roads around the countryside and it averaged in total something like 13.5 miles to the gallon that's not too bad I mean, in the grand scheme of things you know it, people would say it's terrible yeah, but for that it's not but too that's bad. what I mean it's, yes it's like a Range Rover they it? don't sell they sell a handful of those cars yeah, exactly. and for the general good that they do yeah. in just bringing joy I think yeah. it's worth a little bit of petrol being burned and anyway in a future episode of Gareth Goes On Speed I'm going to explain how I am offsetting my carbon footprint uh, I know this. That's going to be an interesting discussion. Yes. Probably, yes probably. But yes, that'll yes. come later. Whoa, 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 whoa. Quiet, guys, quiet. I think someone might want to buy a signet. Nobody move. Is the phone actually on the hook? I'll check. Yeah, it's working. Oh, God, what if he was trying to call when I lifted it up? Oh, it's OK. They'll call back. <coughs> Quiet, I've got to hear if the Signet order phone rings. Any second now. Oh, God. Yes, Petrol! We've got a Jones on speed! Gets to the end of May, and... I actually get a bit twitchy about Le Mans. I'm very pleased to say that we've each, all three of us now, managed to sort out 
that we will definitely be at Le Mans this year. You're going on the under train, aren't you, Richard? Am That's I right. right. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to get back for work on Monday. Yes. Uh, whereas Zog and I will be going in an interesting German saloon. Yep. In fact, not an interesting German saloon, an interesting German car. That's all I'm saying at this point. And we'll be camping at the campsite by the Porsche Curves, where we were last year. If you want to come and join us, book quick at Travel Destinations. Because we had a ball Saturday, Sunday evening, actually. Yeah, it was a very good vibe on the campsite, and it was very well run, and good spot to be, handy for the main entrance to the yeah. track, if you like, handy for the Porsche Curves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And while I'm on, can I give a little plug for some of the stuff coming up? In the build-up to Le Mans, we shot a, a bit of video at Le Mans last year, yep. which will appear on the Auto Express website and then full length if you like feature versions of all that stuff will appear as Gareth Jones on Speed video podcasts leading up to the race in the next couple of weeks anyway so we're sharing our love of the race with some material it's going to be a heck of a race again this year at the top of your head Audi or Peugeot or someone else I agree Audi or Peugeot or someone else always read a joke <laughs> it's hard to call when they had the Le Mans test day I thought it really looked like Audi would be favourites because it was the first time we'd seen the new Audi running and super quick Have you seen and it, you know right at the start yes. of its development yes, it looks like you know, a yeah. sinister thing yeah it does it just, sinister those mission. spins actually on both the Peugeot and the Audi yeah there's something sort of Stanley it's like a Doctor Who villainish about it. It's almost not Silurian, but there's some sort of there's some kind of alien bad guy with a sort of really thin Mohican off the back of his head, and that's mm. what's going on. Yeah, on that car. A, you, know, you, know, a, you know what I mean? Don't a whiff you? of the night about them. Yes, They're just like those races. But Audi looking super quick, so it's just really good to see, particularly after Audi had qualified so strongly at Spa, that in the race Peugeot beat them, mm. which I think means that it's going to be a really cracking contest come June. Yes. Isn't it interesting how the Audi is sort of returned to that black and grey and silver? That when Audi first put together a car for Le Mans in contemporary times, that it was a closed coupe. Was it called the R6? I can't even remember. R8C, wasn't it? R8C. Good lad from knowing that. I think. Or R8C Spider or something. No. No, no, the Spider was the opening. I think the R8C was the. They canned it very quickly. They changed their mind about having a closed car and went to an open car very quickly. And then the closed one sort of became the Bentley. Yeah, that's later. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. and now this thing has appeared very, very flat and square, not so groupsy round as the previous one, but mm. impressive-looking car. And the Peugeot, it could be economical if it's going to be reliable, doesn't go bang like they all did in the last few hours of the race last year. Oh, it was a cruel race. Yeah, yeah. what drama, but what a horrible way. Mm. You felt so sorry for the Peugeot guys. They really did everything they had to do, and uh, they were cruelly robbed. So I really hope whoever wins, that's not how the race gets won or lost this time. Mm. Well, it's sort of like the Scottish Premier League in football, isn't it? You just have two big things slugging it out the top, and then you can just enjoy all the actions happening beneath it, treating it as a sort of separate series altogether. Mm. I believe St yeah. Mirren are running a courage yes. this year. Yes, yeah. Cowden Beef with yeah. the spiker going. <laughs> but your orange Aston Martin was a thing of utter beauty. But the orange and blue Aston Martin AMR1 mm. that Aston, a pro driver, running this year mm. is a thing of great ironing board with a set of roller skates underneath it. It's a hideous looking thing, mm. isn't it? It's not pretty. The previous well, car was gorgeous, that Lola base thing, mm. but this one, how is that going to work if it don't look right and it ain't going to go right? That's what I was yeah. saying. Well, it hasn't been going right. Oh, it's been going. They, exactly, yeah. yeah. They completely failed in the, the world test. I, I could be wrong, but they went to the test session and it was going so badly they just packed up and left. Yeah. I've yes. never heard of that happening. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there, there was quite a good reason for it, though. As I understand it, they 
explanation they gave was that there was a problem with the lining of the engines. The cylinder lining, and they realised that because this had happened on one engine, it was going to happen on all the others because they're all mm. the same, so there was no point in carrying on. And to their credit, Dave Richards came out almost immediately. He didn't, you know, say, oh, we've got to investigate this. He just came straight out and said, and said what we've had gone really wrong. really screwed up. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, we're off. Mind you, the Mini's going well. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the engine in this car? It's a straight six. Is it turbocharged or supercharged? Turbocharged, I think. But it's a straight six. Mm. So here's the question. Where on earth has that engine come from? I'm just wondering, because the V12 that they had last year, is it one half of the V12, which is... If you're like two quarters of a Mondeo block, then well, this is what it is. But if it was half a V12, it would really make it a slant six. But then you can just uh, like, tilt it upright. Well, yeah, no one likes hey. yeah. Like the old Triumph Dolomite yeah. engine, yeah, yeah. which was sort Counted. of you know, half mm. of a stag V8, yeah. or vice versa. But I think some of the key parts of it would be slightly skew-if. But I don't know, maybe not. Maybe they could change the bottom end on it. When people always say, oh, well, that engine is just half two that. blank or blanks joined together, or, or that's just half a blank or blanks, you know, usually it's things. not yeah. in as much as... The block will have to be different because yes. the characteristics demanded of different configurations need different characteristics the from the block, and the balance and the strengthening and, the and all the rest of it. And the weight of the, the, the cooling water yeah. flow around, all kinds of Exactly. Yeah. And what, often what it means is that you've got like a V6 and maybe a V8 or something. I mean, V6 and V8 very rarely share the same V angle, so they're not usually related. But if you've got modular engines, it's usually things like bore centres. That just means the same machines can bore them out. And that's about as close as the relationship gets. The so that's straight six. Who yeah. knows? Mm. I don't know. If you live in the area around uh, where uh, ProDriver base, so Banbury in Oxfordshire, and you've been trying to sell an old uh, BMW 3 Series, like a 325 or something, and, and then a mysterious buyer who seems to have a beard, but then sometimes from some angles he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> And he, he sometimes he says his name's Dave, and then when you meet him, he says it's David, David. and he can't seem to decide. Mm. And he's bought your car off you for the asking price and then driven off cackling. Mm. Then maybe we have our mm. answer. That's what's in that car. Mm. Mm. Driven by a Welshman. One of them is driven by Andy Mayrick, although whilst born in Chester, considers himself Welsh. We'll have that. This side of the D, he's Welsh. So I wish him well in that, but my trouble is... He means is... the D River, by the way. It's not like we have a D like on a snooker no. table. We... <laughs> the River D. <laughs> Zog and I stand on one side and <laughs> Gareth's on the other, waiting to queue up. <laughs> so we've got Merrick in one. Guy Smith is driving one of the... Uh, what rebellion the spe- racing. Yeah, Speedy uh, Seba, now the Rebellion Racing. Yeah. Do you know Rebellion or just a Swiss watch company? It's just they're the sponsors. It's the name of the team. It's like calling the team Tissot or Hublot mm. or something. I didn't know. Sorry, It's a Welsh pronunciation. And my mate Neil Yarny's in the other car, and that car looks fantastic in that gold and red and white. It looked great last year. Looks even better this year. And they've got Toyota engines this year, which you know they could be in there if one of the big guns fails. The big. Persia Audi thing they could be in there I'd be very happy who else is at Le Mans this year oh Flaming Lotus Jet Alliance team yeah. um, Lotus with uh, my mate Johnny Molan will with, be the, in the with the Evoras which uh, yeah. were a respectable spa there's really quite a good field in the GT category I've got to say I'm still completely confused by this whole GTE M GTE Pro you know, oh god I was yeah. hoping you could explain it no oh, it's ha- easy haven't got a clue there's a category at Le Mans this year in which you're allowed to race if you own either a Vauxhall or Astra sport model from the 80s or the 90s yeah it's called GTE Apparently, have I misread the rules? I think we may need to double-check that. But we've got Ferrari's 
Porsches, Lotus, BMW, Corvettes, all fighting it out in GT. That's going to be a great race to follow, I think. Yeah. We'll be uh, there. If you want to come and stay where we're staying, go to the GarethJones.tv website, follow the link on the page for this particular episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, and we'll put a link to... You might find I'm it. I'm not staying where you're there. staying there. You're not. You're staying in the big house hotel. It's not a big house hotel. I'm staying in a warehouse that has where? beds in it. But the dormitory. Yeah, you're, you're is, breaking yeah. into a French branch of DFS or something. Yes, like yeah, it's a bed warehouse, and you just <laughs> put all the mattresses on the floor, take the poly wrap off it, and Bob's your Bob's your builder. Yeah, exactly. this is, I think, the 79th running of the Le Mans, I think, this year, which means it was the 59th 20 years ago, which makes it the 20th anniversary of the only Le Mans win by a non-reciprocating piston engine equipped car. In other words, Mazda won with a seven eight. 7B 20 years ago with Johnny Herbert driving. With the rotary engine. With a rotary yeah. engine, a four-cylinder rotary engine. Oh, sorry, mm. four, ah, four rotor. Four rotor. Yeah, four rotor rotary engine. A car number 55 designed by Nigel Stroud. It raced in C2 class because in 91, that was the first year that the World Sports Car Championship ran to the new 3.5 litre rules, and that Le Mans was actually around in that, so there were Group C cars. Are you following this so far? Mm. But they'd commissioned these new rules, and a bunch of manufacturers had come up with new cars, but there was a dearth of cars, so they allowed the previous generation of Group C cars mm. to run, and they were called C1, I think. And then when it came to qualifying, instead of putting all the cars on the grid, depending on how quick they were, they put all the C1 cars ahead of the C2 cars. So it completely shuffled up the grid in a very bizarre way. Mm-hmm. But the reason, apparently, Mazda were able to win this race was not on the outright pace of a rotary engine, but on, wait for it, you're going to laugh at this. It's economy. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How what? Mm. Mm. What used almost no petrol, but over 700 gallons of oil. <laughs> <laughs> there was some complicated ruling which Le Mans ran to in this particular year, whereby the C-class cars were allocated a certain amount of fuel. And this Group C cars weighed a 1,000 kilograms. But for some reason, Master had managed to convince the ACO to allow them to run their 787B at 850 kilos, which suddenly made it fantastically more economical to run than the big Tom Walkinshaw Jags or any of the Porsches still running, or even the Peugeot 905, which had just dawned at that time. So it, this is an incredible thing. It actually ran faultlessly. The so, car, the number 55 car... One, hmm. it only had something like a bulb go and a bearing overheating, which is pretty uncommon for a Vankel engine, really, mm. isn't it? Mm. But it well, and it, any car, really, you know, completing the 24 hours of Le Mans, to have one bulb go and one little bearing is pretty good. Yeah, mm. yeah unbelievable. The team leader gave the team the instruction to run the race at sprint race pace knowing that the others if they tried to keep up would use so much more fuel because they were so much heavier and would break and Mm. basically all the other cars broke and it wasn't until 20 hours into the race that Mazda suddenly realised we could win this race because they started from something like 18th with that car on the grid way down the grid Mm. I mean not that it matters that much in Le Mans but usually the top guys are at the front but on occasion you know the idea that Mazda won Le Mans on a thrifty rotary engine is completely akin to everything we know about having driven RX-8s and RX-7s ourselves and how thirsty they are delicious if I'm understanding the story correctly it was the thriftiness of the engine enabled by 150 
kilogram advantage. That yeah. was um, part of yeah, it. Yes, yeah, yes. Quite sort of yeah. 15% lighter than the other yes. cars. That's going to give you a fair big difference. So if you've got an RX-8 and you're troubled by its fuel economy, then simply take all the doors and bonnet boot <laughs> off. There you go. And some of the seats out. And you too could enjoy Le Mans winning performance. <laughs> As Johnny Herbert and Bertrand. As endorsed Gacho. by Johnny Herbert. Oh, and uh, who and was the other guy? Volker Wiedler. Or Fiedler. I don't know. Volker Wiedler. That's how you say it, isn't it? Extraordinary. Congratulations to Mazda for 20 years ago. We're a and bit slow. We're like those people who don't send out birthday cards until after your birthday. We're one of those lot, aren't we? <laughs> I'm hoping that we get to see a 787B running at Le Mans this year as part of the 20-year celebrations. I don't know. I haven't checked the schedule, but I'm hoping that's going to happen. And I'm going to leave you with a song inspired by the success of Mazda 20 years ago. Indeed, the joys of them developing the rotary engine. This was Richard. Goodbye. This was Zog. Goodbye. And this is the super fiery cannonballs. See what I did there. And their song, my song, which is called Reciprocating Pistons. See ya. I'm no piston head No that someone else instead they like camshafts And I'm the one who's bound But if it came to a point Where I had to make decision I would likely suffer Howls of derision Cause I don't want no reciprocating pistons I don't want no reciprocating pistons I'm banging on about it But nobody listens Let's say goodbye to reciprocating pistons Sterling job for a century or more But in terms of their efficiency, their strategy is poor They've had their ups and downs, they are noisy when in towns The belief going round is they've reached their upper bounds Cause I don't want no reciprocating pistons Cause I don't want no reciprocating pistons I'm banging on about it, but nobody listens Let's say goodbye to reciprocating pistons Nobody listens to me.
To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!